This is episode 55 of Parenting 2.0, The Focused Mindset. Today, you guys get to listen in on a conversation that I had with Dr. Laura Froyen from the Balanced Parent Podcast. Okay, so when I see in her that which I hate in me, how do I learn to love that in her and in the process, learn to love it in me? This conversation is all about how to have self-compassion and how to help your kids do the same. In this conversation, I felt expanded. I felt like I walked away a better version of myself and it felt great. I know you're going to feel exactly the same. But first of all, thank you for joining me here. I know you have lots of options of where you could be and somehow you found yourself right here right now in this moment and I believe it's exactly where you're meant to be. So enjoy this episode and enjoy this time that you're giving yourself. And if you'd like, feel free to jump over to my website, thefocusedmindset.com. That's where you'll find all kinds of free solution-focused resources for you and your family. I also have my sponsor on there, The Big Life Journal. And I have to stop and pause and talk about them because after this episode, I bet you're going to want your children to learn more resilience and just grow. The Big Life Journal products are great for that. Their staple product, the Big Life Journal, helps children journal through their challenges while giving them tools to be their best self. But it doesn't stop there. They have parenting tools. They have resources that can help you with games and fun activities all designed around helping your child get through any challenge with confidence. So hop on over and click on the Big Life Journal tab or just click on the resource below that says the Big Life Journal. When you use that link to get your Big Life Journal products, you're helping to support this podcast. So I thank you very much. And if you're moved by this conversation like I was, feel free to share it with someone else who might love this information as well. It's as simple as finding the share button and pushing it and then pasting it wherever you would like, on your Facebook, on your email, wherever you'd like to, whoever you'd like. I give you full permission to do that. So let's not delay anymore. Let's get into this episode. You've been upgraded to Parenting 2.0. New expectations requires a new mindset, the focused mindset. I'm Cher Kretz. I'm a school counselor and a family mindset coach. Raising kids is an amazing journey and things don't always turn out as planned. Still, you get to share your life with an adult in training. This podcast will help you meet every new challenge with confidence and be the best version of yourself in your home and with the people you love. Hello, welcome to the podcast. Today, I am welcoming my new friend, Laura Froyen. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm so excited to have you here. Hi, Cher. I'm so excited to be here. Um, Yeah, so I'm Dr. Laura Froyen. I have my PhD in human development and family studies with a specialization in couple and family therapy. And that is a very long-winded way to say that I think it is so important that we understand um, as parents, child development, and the context that we're raising children in. And we are critical parts of that context. So I really love supporting parents in 
building deeper, more connected and meaningful relationships with their children, with their partners and other family members, and most importantly, with themselves. Um, so that's what I do uh, via the um, Balanced Parent podcast and um, my lovely community on Instagram. So the and courses and programs and all of those things too. <laughs> You're like, and, 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 right? Yeah. <laughs> How many kids do you have? Yeah, yeah. So I have a I have an eight year old and a five year old. I have it. Oh. My eight year old is, oh, sweet and sensitive and passionate and challenging and exactly like me, <gasps> and my five year old is like a breath of fresh air and a ray of sunlight, and just a complete joy most of the time. <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it funny how you, it, there's always such opposite things that we deal with. Oh yeah. You know, it's funny. It's interesting. My, um, my eight year old has in her personality, all the parts of myself that I was told were not okay growing oh up God. that I had to kind of push down mask um, that, you know, I really got the idea and not intentionally from my parents. My parents were love are lovely people who I adore. Um, but somehow I got the impression that these parts of me were not okay, were not acceptable, would make me unlovable. And so then my daughter has all of them, my oldest yeah. one. Um, and she really invites me into the process of figuring out, okay, so when I see in her that which I hate in me, how do I learn to love that in her? And oh, wow. in the process, learn to love it in me. And then that my five-year-old, yeah, yeah. And my five-year-old just has all the little, like the parts of me that I see in her were the parts that were praised and lauded and admired. And so she's so easy to get along with for me, to love for me. And my, I mean, my oldest is easy to love, but there's way more self-work. Yes. Self oh, I completely understand. That happens with that one. It's in, it's very, very intriguing when you start to parent and you get further, further in the journey and you realize that the things that you think, oh, they're so much like me, so I should get it. But then you think, wait a minute, it's actually more challenging to parent those things that are like me, right? That's like a mind blowing thing right there. Well, and, and that makes sense, right? Because the things that are challenging about our personalities, we all have things that we as we grew up, we found out where, you know, that people didn't like or made us uncomfortable to be around or whatever. We all got that message. And so it makes sense then that when we see those qualities in our kids, the kids that we love to the ends of the earth, that our nervous system panics a little bit because we don't want them to experience the same pain and rejection that we experienced. We're afraid of those qualities that we see echoed within them because those qualities hurt us at, at a certain point. And so part of parenting consciously is growing up alongside our kids and reparenting ourselves, helping ourselves heal and no longer dislike the parts of ourselves that we, we some, you know, that we got the idea that we're not, we're not good enough, you know, that we're not enough. Um, yeah. And our kids are our partners in that. They crack us open and shine a light on all of the little shadowy bits. And it's our job to polish them up and allow our, them to shine. And, well, it makes sense the way you're saying it, but 
the when you express express that, it makes a whole lot of sense. <laughs> but I don't think that unless you expressed it the way you did, that I would see it in that same light just off the top of my head. It's not natural because what we hear is, well, you can identify with them. You were like that. And you're like, well, identifying with them and raising them in the way they should go and having compassion and, you know, understanding that there's a correlation between the things that I'm seeing in them and the thing that I was, that's a totally different journey. That's, that's much bigger. It's huge. It is huge. And it, I mean, and it does, it does give you some empathy and some understanding, but we also have to recognize that our, our conditioned response to seeing those traits in our kids, um, the way that we kind of we think it's instinctual, like we think it's an instinct to handle it one way, to shut it down or tell them it's not okay. Or if you do those things, people won't like you. You know, that's our kind of what we think is our instinct, but really that's our conditioning that we've been programmed to respond to those mm-hmm. things in that way, because that's how they we were responded to. Um, so yes, yeah, on the one level, there is this empathy, but if we're not a conscious, then we perp- we perpetuate cycles. We, we, you know, deliver the same pattern of communication. We deliver the same miscommunications, misunderstandings that we all got, most of us got as kids, right? So there's this classic misunderstanding that parents and kids have. Um, That's, it's a story that is as old as time, that love is conditional. There's moments in all of our childhoods when we reflect back and we think, thought that our parents' love for us was conditional Mm -hmm. or it felt conditional, even though cognitively we knew that it really wasn't, but it felt that way, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And And we also got those, we also get those messages from the other people that are around. Yeah. There's, there's there's the the message you're getting from the parent. And then when you bring that person into a social realm and you're shunned by friends or the friends don't react to you, they're rubbed wrong Mm -hmm. by you, all of these type Mm -hmm. of things it kind of cements in like, oh, well, something must be wrong with me. And if you tell yourself that long enough, then you're going to believe it. (laughs) And so it sounds to me like you've, not only through your training, but through your parenting, you've began to break some cycles that were, uh, were not helpful to you. I mean, tell us how you did that. How did you go from parenting out of fear to parenting in a proactive way? Well, it's certainly not done. Right. <laughs> like, it's, it's an ongoing thing and will continue to be ongoing, you know, throughout my entire life. And thank goodness it is, that, you know, that that's the case. We have beautiful plastic brains that want to grow and heal, that want to be whole and um, want to be better um, and that are we can use to our benefit. So it's never done. Um, as your child ages, and I don't know if you've experienced this because you have older kids, but each new age reveals within us new work to do, yeah. I think, you know, right. and yeah. And so, I mean, it's it's being open to the process and being very, very kind to ourselves. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, I don't, I'm not, I'm making, I think I'm making kind of broad statements, but most of us were parented in a way at certain points in our lives that taught us that the way to change behavior, the way to do better, be better, or learn new things um, was through criticism, blame, judgment and shame. We learned that growing up from our teachers, from our parents, who were all lovely and well-meaning, right? right like, because they thought that when they did that, that would motivate you. 
Like, that's oh, motivating. That's how yeah, we teach. They believe, that, they believe that that was a motivating yeah. factor, but then come to find out through all the research that we've done and brain mm. research and all of the training, it's it's exactly the opposite effect. Yeah, like, it shuts the learning centers down. Right. We know, yeah. yeah, and it's 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 crazy to know that, but when you're in the moment as a parent and you're putting it in practice, that's yeah. that's when the rubber meets the road. Right. And what I found in working with parents for years now, gosh, how long have I been? I mean, I've been working with parents for, oh, like 12 years nice. now. Nice. Yeah. And what I have found is that parents want to make changes. They they know this. They know what you're, you just said, that all of these things, the ways that we were parented, that the ways that we have been conditioned to think that this is what kids need to learn. They need to be shown their mistakes. They need to be held accountable and responsible for their mistakes through, you know, they need to be made to feel bad about their mistakes in order to learn to do better, right? This is the common, you know, thread. The thing that goes through their mind that, yeah. they, that they think is going to get to the end of yeah. that they want, we, yeah. Right. So most of the parents I work with know that's not true. They know that blame, shame, criticism, and judgment shuts down the learning centers of their mm -hmm. child's brain. And they are working so hard, so beautifully hard mm -hmm. to not perpetuate those patterns and cycles onto their own kids. Yeah. And when they screw up, when they as parents make a mistake, they use that same language, blame, shame, criticism, judgment, with themselves. Wow. Yeah. And and in the process shut down the learning centers of their own brains and impede their own growth and progress and healing in this parenting journey. So and so good. you you know what I mean? So like this is the this is the thing. If we don't want to do that with our kids, we have to very first the very first thing we have to do is to stop doing it with ourselves. Yeah. You know, if we would never consciously speak to our best friend or to our partner, you know, or to our child in that way, in that voice, we should not be doing it with ourselves. That's the very first thing. And the way to learn to do that is through self-compassion in, in my experience. Well, having compassion on yourself is so much easier said than done. I mean, yeah. our internal dialogue is sometimes mm. just plain crappy. <laughs> and, it is. And, that and, inner critic is so loud sometimes. Right? <laughs> and it's like, and of course, we. and then to say that out loud would make us feel guilty. So then we don't even talk about it. So let's talk about it. You know, yeah. but how do we, how have you found that, that, how have you found ways to have compassion on yourself and how can my listeners do the same? Yeah. So the most powerful way I have found is to see self-compassion not as a trait, but as a skill you can learn. It, it's just a skill. It's just a fact that we grew up in a way that taught us not to be compassionate with ourselves. It's just, it's just a fact. We grew up thinking that if we were hard on ourselves, we'd get better. And that's just not true. So we've practiced our whole lives, however old we are. You know, I'm 37. I've there, you know, I started practicing compassion you know, proactively as a practice um, when my daughter was two. And so I've been practicing it for six years. But before then, for 31 years, the way I had practiced in my mind, helping myself get better or learn something was through being harshly critical with myself. Yeah. And so like those are the brain patterns that right. are in my brain. Like that. So just own it and realize yeah. it, right? First step. Right. First step. So just noticing like, yeah, I have I have neural grooves, neural pathwaves that are very deep and deeply rooted that 
you know, that are, are just habitual. It's just a habit way of thinking, you know, and I can, with my beautiful plastic brain, right. start practicing new, this new skill, this new way of being with myself and in the process, build new neural pathways. And the, and the more I build them, the more neural connections I build, um, build this habit in my brain of being compassionate, um, the stronger it will get, the deeper that groove will be, and the easier it will be to slip into it in harder times. So that what that looks like in practice for me then is just off taking self-compassion breaks, mm-hmm. offering myself little moments little touch points of compassion. I tried like long self-compassion meditations when I first started doing this, you know, 20 minutes of sitting still in my anxious brain has never, like it was never going to work for me. It just was not, it was not Not practical. No, it just couldn't do it, you know? And so even now, like, so I've been a, a mindfulness practitioner, you know, dedicated for years now and I still can't do 20 minutes. Just can't it's okay and it's okay it's yes. okay um so what i prefer to do is a loving kindness meditation that takes about 30 seconds okay way less than than anything else and i sprinkle it throughout my day mm-hmm. um if i can get five minutes that's better for me that really works better um but 30 seconds is all you need and so this is what i love to teach clients so you take your hand and you place it over your heart and you spend just a, just a moment noticing the warmth of your hand. You set the intention to send yourself a little bit love of love, just right, like right there. And you say to yourself, may I be safe and protected. May I be healthy of body and mind. May I live a life of comfort and ease. May I be happy. May I be free. And that's it. You take your hand off and you go about your day. It takes no time, you know, seconds, not a lot. Um, But what you do is you condition yourself, you condition your brain to go to compassion first. And then by putting your hand over your heart, you've paired a a physical reminder Mm -hmm. that when my hand is on my heart, I'm kind to myself. Okay, when my hand is on my heart, I'm kind to myself. And so so when you're... Oh, yeah. And so when your kids are being like, they're wild, they're loud, you're overwhelmed, or they're fighting with each other, or whatever, you just put your hand on your heart, and boom, your brain is, oh, we're, oh, we're being compassionate now. Oh, we know how to do this, you know. And then there you go. It's it's quite a lot easier to be conscious and kind when you have been kind to yourself. Um, Yeah. And I wonder, as you practice, you might be able to catch those inner thoughts. Because the thoughts go and they've already, you know, you've already told yourself about 10 negative things before you catch it. But I bet you just that, that conscious, like, wait a minute. And then they, you can catch the thoughts as you're thinking them as, oh, I'm going to screw this up. Oh, this is not my wheelhouse. Oh, this is just, why am I even trying? Whoa, stop. Yeah. Yeah. And then say similar things to what you said or whatever it is that you need to say instead. Right. Yeah. And those words, you know, those words are words that mean something to me. And you can find the words that mean something to you. And one of the ways, you know, that makes this even more effective is if you use words that really mean something to you. And so you can even ask yourself, what is the wisest, you know, if, if the wisest, most kind and compassionate part of me wanted to tell me something, what would they say? 
Oh, I like the part of me that is this wise parent who knows so much. When you're your best best self, right? Yeah. What would she say? Or, you know, if my if my best friend was struggling with this exact thing, what would I want to say to her? What would she need to hear? And those are your things. Those are the things that you say over you speak over yourself. Um, But I do I use this. I so I have it on like my phone as a back like a background on my phone. And so I don't even, and I don't, like, you know, like if I'm in the grocery store, it's, it's right there for me. I'm standing in line instead of, you know, swiping up and scrolling Instagram. I just do, you know, I'm waiting in line. I have a minute. Why not practice being kind to myself? Well, you know, that also could help with another subject that's taking over many people's lives is when anxiety hits. Yeah. Because, you know, once we get, uh, well, once our anxiety or any type of thing that gets our mind swirling, um, it's it can be difficult to come back to that place of peace. Yeah. And that's what this is what the hand over the heart does. It's an anchor. It anchors you, it grounds you, it centers you. And so when you feel that anxiety bubbling up, you can do that action and it just immediately if you've practiced it you're practicing it outside the moment I really really believe that you know we would never go like I would never run a marathon anyway but like if you're a marathon runner you would not like most people would not just be like "Mm, I think I'm gonna run a marathon today and go yeah yeah like and just go do it no you would train you would build up stamina and capacity right and that's what our mind needs yeah our minds need that and like, and the other thing, some of my really anxious um, clients uh, notice that they have little behaviors that they do, like twiddling their rings oh. or fiddling with something. Um, you can do that while you are doing your self-compassion meditations. And then the that little, like, if you're, if it's a fiddle, like a, spinning your ring, I don't, like, I don't have my wedding ring on right now, but I spin it sometimes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if you do your self-compassion meditation while you're fiddling with that ring then oh yeah absolutely and then in that moment when you're anxious and it starts to fiddle your brain is gonna be like oh we're being kind to ourselves good oh good that feels good (laughs) yeah and it does feel good and then forming habits um, people can be like oh I'm gonna form a habit but really it's these type of moments that does that helps us retrain the things that aren't serving us. And once we recognize something doesn't serve us, I like what you said, where parents know intuitively that this really isn't what I want to do. But then they have a choice, don't they? They can either go down the road of what you were talking about and be mean to themselves, if you will, and say, oh, see how awful I did and da 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 da. You know, they can go down that road or justifying, well, I wouldn't have if they didn't, da, 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 and so they've never dealt with it. Or they can say, I'm going to try a different path, and it's going to take a while, but I'm going to try. screw it up. I'm going to yeah. screw it up and have to repair with my kids, so yeah, but, mm-hmm. but I can. And, you know, and sometimes, like, when we're first starting this, that getting that pause, that moment of space, like, normally with our kids – we have, you know, something happens and then we're responding almost immediately. There's very little time, right? Because our our brains are wired for um, our convenience they uh, and for efficiency. Our brains have a lot to do. Like our brains got, like they're working hard. And so they want to be efficient. 
moment. And so they have, you know, are very good at making things very fast, Isn't right? They true? don't want us to slow down. Yeah. Our brains, but our brains just are do also- do what's automatic. Why bother yeah, all that? Yeah. Yeah. You know, but our brains are also our partners in this, right? And so getting, you know, practicing it outside of the moment allows you to get a little bit more of that pause, just a little bit of space, and then you can choose. Yeah. But when you're first practicing this, the awareness often comes after. Mm. Oh, there was a moment today where I could have been kind to myself. Okay. And I could have done something different with my kid, and I didn't. It's on both and that sides. awareness comes after. Mm. And then eventually the awareness comes in the moment, and the words still fall out of your mouth. It's like watching a train wreck go by, like, oh, my gosh, what am I seeing happening? <laughs> Why am I saying that as the words are falling out of your mouth? The awareness, you know, the awareness moves up. And then, then you get a little bit like, oh, the thoughts are racing. I'm about to say something, but I'm going to be kind to myself. Yes. And now I can choose. The awareness is the first thing. And the awareness, you know, comes after, then in the midst, and then before. You know, it just as you practice and grow, there's no rush. Yeah. On no, there's not. If not, then we are doing exactly the opposite. And like you said, then we begin to do our swirling negative thoughts instead. Yeah. So I, I love that. So, I mean, just kind of first saying, hey, we can practice a new route. And then when we do that, we need to do that walking forward in compassion, not beating ourselves up that we didn't do it right, but in compassion to say, okay, I am, I'm fully and completely the person that I need to be. And I'm walking into that space more and more every day, rather than looking at it as a damaged person necessarily that's it's it's a mindset shift isn't it mm. it's like a, it's it's a little bit of a shift and then putting that action into play yeah and it, that. Yeah. yeah and the thing I love about self-compassion too is that it's well at first when people start practicing it and when I started practicing it I felt very undeserving of kindness and really? compassion yeah oh I felt so undeserving you're like why am I doing this it, well, just just like it, it's almost painful for some folks who've really have spent time not liking themselves. It, it almost hurts mm. to be kind to yourself. And I, I, I mean, there's fear there. There's fear of like, I can't let this in because what if it's not real? What if it's taken from me? Um, it feels unsafe to say these kind things to myself. Um, and so I like early in my early days of self-compassion, I cried a lot mm -hmm. while saying those things to myself. Yes. Now it's easy for me to believe, you know, yes. um, you got those new neural pathways. Yes. Right. But, but also the idea, like, so most parents, when their child is born, they can think back to those early days when they first, you know, however they welcome that child into their arms to those early days of first noticing, you know, first seeing this baby, this little one who's theirs. And they look down at them and they, most parents know intuitively that that child is worthy of compassion and respect and dignity and grace and kindness. Right. We know that to be true of our children. When we look at them, we think about them. Oh, when they were they were fresh and new. It's obvious. And then we ask ourselves, is anything ever going to change about them? Anything that they could do or say that would make them less worthy of being treated with kindness and grace? Never. Nothing. Right. 
And so then if that's true of our kids, and we were once also babies, new and fresh, and we were born deserving and worthy, is there anything that we could have done that would make change that? Right. And the question no. is absolutely not. Yeah. Absolutely not. Absolutely. No. No way. And so then the logically, the logical next step then is then doesn't it make sense that we now in this moment would be just as worthy of kindness and compassion as and grace as a newborn baby? But that is what you're saying right there is exactly what people need to do because they need to bring it out of that emotional realm mm -hmm. and bring it into the logical brain because yeah. as long as it's in the emotional realm then they're they're not recognizing but as soon as you go through a practice what you just did and logically think it out it makes logical sense mm -hmm. then your mind says okay all right this makes sense let's work on it and yeah, then okay. the rest is just action it's just a, a little action steps one after mm -hmm. another I wonder, this is funny. I was thinking, I wonder if your kids or my kids, now that I'm going to be doing this, will be like, how come you always put your hand over your heart when you were raising us? All of a sudden, yeah. that, how come you were always doing that? And you're like, well, honey, you know, we had to take a moment quite often. <laughs> you know what? I, I am overt about it. Like when things are hard and like tensions are high because my, my oldest is intense, mm. intense sometimes. I like, I will, I will say overtly, I need a second just to be kind to myself. I love that. Like, I'm just, I'm just needy. I know there's a lot going on. Everybody's safe. I'm going to take a second just to be kind to myself so that I can be kind with you. I like that. And then you they, know? and I wonder if, I mean, now I'm even thinking like, we should teach our kids to do that same time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Have you ever sat and helped your eight-year-old kind of go through that practice? Yeah. And so actually, this is something that we, again, I really believe in practicing. Yes. Outside so of the I. moment. Oh, I'm so, I'm so right there with you. Yeah. It's like, do it. And I say it all the time. Do it when it's not a problem. You yeah, know, do it when, when it's when, easy. Yes. And when I'm counseling, especially, and I have parents in front of me, they're like, what do I do? And I'm like, well, everything I'm going to tell you in the next 15 minutes, I need you to do when your child isn't upset, when they're not being triggered, yeah. when they're not throwing a fit. That's when this comes in practice. So I'm right there with you. Practice, yeah. practice, 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 I'm practice, practice. Yes. Yeah. So one of the, our favorite dinner time conversations in our house then is, is, um, or this, sometimes we have this conversation in the car ride home because I've noticed as my um, daughter gets older, a car ride is just a more comfortable place she's not it's not face to face i don't know right. i don't know if you noticed this about teens but i hey, i remember trapped in this little space and yeah or, or there's no eye contact you know everybody's looking forward sure. you know it's just less, less pressure sometimes so the three we asked three questions what's one thing that you did really well today what's one mistake that you made normalizing that we all make mistakes we're all human we all make mistakes every day and how were you kind to yourself when you I made like that, that mistake so those are the three questions that we ask our kids most days. That's good. Um, Just yeah. getting in the habit or a version of that, right? Because right. Yeah. Sure. Those are work. Those work for us, you know. And you know, so we've been doing that for about three years now. And at first, you know, the kids did not participate in that. They oh, were like, yeah. "I'm not doing that." At I'm first, not. they're like, "Um, nothing." <laughs> they're like, "I'm not answering." Again, my my oldest, you know, she was five at the time. She's like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm just not. Oh, okay. I'm, 
just not I opt out. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, for a good three months of doing that, it was just me and my husband chatting at the ah. dinner table about it. Like, and he and I just modeled it. We just modeled it. And, you know, then eventually, like, one of them said, I've got something to d- share today. And then they, they joined in. And maybe it was, you know, once or twice a week they joined in. And now it's just, you know, this is what we do as a family. Yes. And then you're practicing. You're modeling self-compassion. Then they join in not because they were forced, but because they, um, because they were like, wait, I really do have something to say. Maybe I should take off the stubborn hat and give it a shot. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, not like, oh, the more you, you know, and maybe some kids aren't like this, but my oldest is the more I try to get her to do something, especially, you know, they know I'm a feelings doctor. That's what we call me. Oh my gosh. They're so resistant to anything. That's my youngest. Doctorish. (laughs) That is my youngest to the T. She's like, "Uh -uh." uh-uh. She's she's the one willing to do what you said is like, and that's a no. <laughs> yes, right. Oh, I, and aren't those boundaries You're lovely? Like, Look at those oh. beautiful boundaries. I love oh. I love those boundaries and kids. I just Oh my gosh, I I hope my kids don't lose that ability to say no. To like, say no because there's lots of no. times where that is exactly what they need to be bold about, right? Yeah, yeah, 100%. And and they can do it with kindness and self-compassion. Like, nope, that's not for me. And then it's our job to kind of be like, well, okay, but if you were to give it a shot, what would that look like? And just kind of gently nudge them along the journey of self-reflection and learning how to be kind to themselves and all that. And some kids are more open to that than others. You know, it's it's funny. Like if my my daughter's school counselor or guidance counselor um, or school psychologist had suggested something like that, she'd be like, oh, you know, miss, you know, I forget her counselor's name right now but you know she said we should do this at dinner time today so we're gonna do this at dinner time every day from the re- for the rest of our lives You're you know thinking, like that's... that sounds awful familiar but hey okay, okay. Well, let's roll with it <laughs> oh you mean the very thing that i tried to get us to do two months ago okay, okay. <laughs> you know <laughs> oh that is so funny that's part and that's part of the thing we got to be compassionate on ourselves about it doesn't mean that we're a failure it no. just means that you know they got the message in a different type of way and it's all good and that's- who they're able to accept influence from i think right. kids are very wise too some kids want an uncomplicated relationship with their parents yeah. they don't want their parent to be all the things they want their parent to be their parent not their counselor uh-huh. not their teacher you know i think that's something that's been really hard for kids in this time when so many kids are learning at so home true. with their oh, parents it complicates relationships and it some really kids does. need a really relationship to be simple and that's okay. Yeah. And I think, uh, some people that choose to homeschool, they are always navigating the difference between that. And that's always a balance that they need to look for. And that's what we need to do. We need to find the balance that's in our own home. Like what you're, you're teaching us is the balance, the ba- balance is a tricky thing. And I think you were, you told me earlier that are we ever really balanced though? Are we? Yeah, it's <laughs> a we verb. Can... It's a thing we do. <laughs> but we can take action. And that's, you've given me, myself, so many great actions to take. And I hope that the listeners can join in me in two things that I'm taking away. One is having compassion on myself in an actionable way by putting my hand on my heart, finding what kind words I need to say to myself and practicing that many times during the day. Um, I hope that our listeners do that. And can you tell us as far as a solution-focused activity? I like parents to do things, and they know this. They hear me say it. Your solution-focused activity for the week is, and um, because it does 
cause us to find solutions when we listen to our kid. So I kind of like the idea. What were those questions again? Just yeah. want to borrow yours that you ask in the car. Cause I think we could try that. We could just say, you know what, I'm going to put this in practice and give it a shot. Yeah. Yeah. So I have two actions for you, for your listeners. One is to ask those three questions. What is one thing you did well today or that you, um, you know, were proud of for yourself today? Um, what's one mistake you made? Because, um, of course, we all make mistakes every day. Um, and how were you kind to yourself? So those three questions. And then the next one is, you know, if you're looking for a self-compassion meditation, I do have one for you. Okay. Um, so if you go to laurafroyan.com slash compassion, you can download my um, self-compassion for imperfect families meditation. And it's designed to use with your kids um, if you want to. So you can start modeling it yourself, using it, let them listen to it. I, I actually wrote it with my kids. My kids helped me write no it. No way. Um, so yeah. Cool. So, I mean, it's short. It's only five minutes because, again, like, we have time for self-compassion. I'm not sure we always have time for a 20-minute med meditation. If you can do that, great, wonderful. I applaud you. But if you've only got five, like, everybody's got five minutes a day. Yes. Everybody's yes. got five minutes. <laughs> that is great. This is just a tool that we need. We need it today and right now because we're walking into still very uncharted territories and we don't need to be holding on to uh, a bunch of negative self-talk that just drags us down. Rather, we need to replace it with being kind and, uh, and having, and, and sometimes people don't even know how can I practice a meditation? So what you're saying is, you know what, download this and boom, you have a way to do it right there. Yep. Download it, put it into your, your playlist and, you know, have it ha like make a little playlist. That's just it on, you know, if you got your iPhone or whatever, and, um, just, listen to it okay we're i'm five minutes early to pick up my kids here we go you know yes. and it's it yeah. and you know the the critical voice i think that there's a lot of uh our inner critics you know there's a lot of stuff out there right now that treats our inner critic very harshly you mm -hmm. know that like we we just want to tell our inner critic to shut up or go away i think we got to be kind <laughs> to our inner critic it makes it feels a little different to say that, but that voice that's been criticizing us for so long, they've done that for a reason. They've got a story and they really have had good intentions for yes. us, right? Yeah. So fighting that critically, oh yeah. And like meeting all parts of ourselves with compassion, even the parts that are a little hard to love. The, the Yeah, the pretty and the not pretty, the, the good yeah. and the bad. We're saying, this is the whole person that I am. Mm -hmm. And it's the whole person that I'm going to accept even though there's this one area that I've been working on and I sometimes screw up on, I still can have compassion with that too, right? Is what yeah, you're absolutely. Yes. Beautiful. Well, I am so appreciative of you coming on and sharing your wisdom, what you've gleaned in, in the time that you've been working with families and before that. Um, and I just, I really just want to, from the bottom of my heart, just thank you for being so open and, uh, and transparent with us today. Oh, absolutely. It was lovely to get to spend this time with you and your community. Well, we're going to keep in touch. We'll keep tabs on each other and, um, and we'll have to have a part two one day. Yeah, that sounds great. Thank you so much. And this comes to the very end of episode 55. I hope that you're encouraged to have more self-compassion and be able to reframe your child's strengths and weaknesses. 
And until next time, keep in touch and take care.